may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City it's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... right nearly half time pal your turn to get a ground round in off you go no you get this one in mate because I've got the beer sorted for later what do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later I got the last one you know that's not how the ground round works listen here bud how does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. It was a respite in from the league action this week, but not a respite from the misery that is Cardiff City. View from the Ninian is back once again with Ben Price. Ben, did you watch the football? I did. Didn't enjoy yeah. it. No, me neither. Phillips, how about you? I did watch the football. And, did you yeah. enjoy it either? No. Well, two and a half minutes. We looked all right, and then. Went downhill, then, didn't it? Well, let's 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 dive straight into it. Obviously, it was FA Cup weekend. Um, we were away at Scabby, 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 Scabby Nottingham, um, a team we've already beaten this season, um, and yet we we managed to contrive a one nil loss in the third round of the FA Cup. Ben, I'll come to you first on this one. Why do we start so slow? <sighs> couldn't tell you. Honestly, couldn't tell you. One, because I couldn't get my stream working in time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But two, it's just um, symptomatic. It's just been the whole story under Harris, isn't it? Even sort of last season. As good mm. as we were when we got to the playoffs, we still started slowly um, first and second half. We still started very poorly. So um, it's something that's not clicking there, is it? Players not switching on. Players just not being mentally ready. I don't know if they're like doing like a shot of night nurse before they come out for the start of the game or I'm not sure. Calm them down. Well, I used, to, I used to play football with a guy at Sunday League. He used to smoke a spliff before he, um, he went out on the pitch. And I'm not suggesting the Cardiff City players are smoking a spliff. But he would smoke a spliff to calm him down. Uh, and he was still the most insane footballer on the pitch who would knee-high tackle people all, all the same. So They tend to be he, the lads, though, that do it. Yeah. The guys that are either... We had a lad when I played for um, a team in mid-Wales who um, would do a line of coke before kick-off. And got sent <laughs> off more than he uh, stayed on the pitch, unsurprisingly. God, he's going to get very dry mouth during the game. Um, Tom, who are you blaming for yesterday's goal? Is it Philip Benkovic? <laughs> I think Harris would have a good go. Uh, <laughs> somehow linked to Benkovic fucking up in training when they were practising it. Not uh, Bakuna, really, isn't it? Like, I think they just ghost down that side. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a good finish, don't get me wrong, but... I think it just stems to that lack of right back again, cost us within minutes of the game starting. Um, I I, can't, I just feel bad. You can't really blame Bakuna because he's not meant to be there. But you know, it's just it was the easy pick in so far. So then they just sat back for the whole game. Then 
This feels like I was texting um, my mate about this. Was I texting you guys about it or someone else? I can't remember. But too it feels popular, too popular. There feels like an air of inevitability around the people targeting Bakuna because we spent all week going, well, we haven't got a right back. We're playing a central midfielder there. And then we come to a game and go, oh, well, it's all happening down Bakuna's side because they've targeted him. It's like chicken and egg, isn't it? To be fair, we changed that this week as well. We didn't just have a midfielder on the right. We had a left back playing centre back. Yeah. So we did. So we have. So to be fair to Harris, he is trying new tactics. He is trying new stuff to freshen it up. He is trying different players <laughs> out of position. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about Bennett at centre half, I didn't think he looked too bad, Tom. No, he looked pretty solid. To be fair, like apart from the goal at the beginning, they didn't really create us any problems either, did they? But they they're a poor side who made eight changes as well. Mind you, got to remember yeah. that. But I thought, yeah, I thought Bennett came in. I thought he looked solid. I think that's the one thing we can take from that game is we, we've tried him in that position now and it's not going to be as much of a risk going forward if we played in there again. Yeah. Um, ben, I, I think the first half, obviously, they, they started with the goal but then didn't really create anything else. We, we kind of created a lot of the chances ourselves but, and we restricted Forrest to very little. But our problem is, really, that we don't look like we have any cutting edge. I, do, I think we could still be playing now and it would still be 1-0. They, ain't, they weren't going to score. We aren't going to score. Mm-hmm. It was just two teams really short of any creativity. If it wasn't for that first goal, like you said, it would it would have been extra time of penalties without a doubt. It was two very poor sides playing. Um, you can see the sort of change that Houghton's made. He's made him a lot more solid at the back compared to when we played him earlier in the season. You can mm-hmm. see he's made improvements there. And you can also see how far backwards we've gone and how much we miss Kiefer Moore. Um, yeah, Kiefer Moore. Just, it just worries me. It really, really does worry me that... We dominated that game. Let's be frank about it. We best possession. We just didn't do anything. We didn't do anything at all with it, and that is a big concern. I mean, if you look at the stats, thank you, FOTMOB, sponsor us. Uh, ball possession, sixty-one percent. Total shots, fifteen. Um, accurate passes, four hundred and four. Woo! <laughs> That's a big old number. But we only had it's three like shots in Brazil. <laughs> we only had three shots on target. Three block shots out of those fifteen, with nine shots off target. Um, and the majority of our accurate passes came in our own half, with 224 coming, like, passing it around the back line, evidently. So, Tom, is, is the problem that we just have a lot of the ball, but we're not doing anything with it? Are we still trying to transition to be that possession-based team that Harris, I think, kind of wants us to be? Or is it something else? I really don't know, because it looked like we were, Harris was trying to make us play a bit more football. And then we kind of realised it wasn't working. So we went back to not playing as much football and beating teams comfortably for a couple of games. And now he's, we're kind of trying to pass the ball back and forth again. It's not working again. But I think we played right into Forest's hands. Like you said, Houghton has made them a lot more solid in recent weeks. So by them scoring early, all they have to do is sit back. And they know how bad we've been recently and how we can't break teams down. So, yeah. I don't know, as soon as we conceded that goal, I was watching it because I'm, I'm still back at home at the moment and my mum was in the room and um, it took her 10 minutes to realise that Cardiff had um, conceded because I just didn't react. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forest scored. She was just reading the paper and didn't realise anything. Because, like you said earlier, it's just that inevitability now, isn't it? It's like, ah, oh, there are, we've started badly again. And, it's a crushing inevitability. Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is, really, because I've said it before, like, I, I don't think Harris tactically has got many games right this year but then we do seem really short of options of who we can bring on to impact a game um so I, I think that's the most frustrating thing at the moment is just i don't see how we can end this run of drab form ben is it still the case that 
we're playing perhaps the right players in the wrong system. You know, we don't play to Glatzel's strengths. We don't play to Murphy's strengths. We have midfielders who, you know, I think I've, I've said it to a few other people. I think Volks could be an option at 10 because when he was at Rotherham, he scored and created quite a lot of goals. But we play him in a system where he's required to just essentially hoof the ball away whenever he gets it. It just feels like there's, we're not getting the best out of our players. We're still playing as if um, Kiefer Moore's there. That's the big mm. thing, isn't it? We're still humping up to a striker that, by his own admission, when he signed his game, wasn't being hoofed at and as a target man. He's better on the floor. Um, you've got wingers then that are tricky. If you can get it down, get them up, let them run at people, um, they'll create something. They couldn't do that because of the way we played. It's just the, ta- the setups are wrong. Just the, the tactics were completely wrong. You know, it was pretty miserable, but let's let's focus on some of the good moments, Tom. Um, I thought Josh Murphy looked all right when he got on the ball. He had a couple of good moments where he broke past the defenders. And again, it, there were times where he was pretty poor, but he can take players on, right? Why don't we give him more of that ball? I think that's the best we're getting from him. I don't think he was that good. I think it was he was all I right. I said he had his moments. He had his moments, but that's, that's it, isn't it? That's the best we're getting yeah, from him now. When, get from him. And I, I know what Harris is getting at when he was saying like he's had opportunities. I know he hasn't had much recently, but in the games he has played, he just doesn't get going. Like This was his one chance where he'd have a run at a team who have been poor for us this year, and he didn't really get at them. He had flashes, and, and, when, he, and when he got taken off as well, he had that look about him as if, oh, my time is here, it's done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just looked not asked, And I don't think he was even disappointed. It was just like an apathy to the whole situation. Just didn't look like he wanted to be there anymore. It's like resignation, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I just... If that's what we're saying is a positive from that game, I think we're really, really clutching those no, doors. I've got more positives. All right, sorry, carry on. <laughs> ben, I'll come to you on this one because Tom just shut me down. Uh, Baggin, Baggin came in at left-back. Um Look very, very professional, consummate for a, for a kid of nineteen, but also ch- th- created three chances. Is that something that we haven't seen enough from from our left backs? And should bag and get more game time going forward? Oh, hundred um, percent. I'd like this. Look, realistically, we're not going to get playoffs this year. Chances are, we're not going to get sent like go down either. Um, why not give him a run of games? Bennett's not exactly perform like tearing up trees. Cunningham can't stay fit. Give him games. Just let him play and see if he's up to the standard long term. He should realistically, if Harris, or, or if Harris or if we get a new manager in, should be looking to give him at least 20 games between now and the end of the season, I think. Whether it's just coming off the bench or starting. He, he's real quality. He's probably the most exciting young player we've had in a while, and he's sort of gone under the radar. Well, bearing in mind, Declan John played... 26 times for us in the Premier League season, I think it was. Yeah, but he was shit and it doesn't <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Why aren't we playing Baggin more? Because Baggin is clearly better than Declan John. I don't get it. don't understand it. He's an option there that should be used a lot more. Well, let's, we can circle back on Baggin later when we talk about transfers and everything else that's going on there. And I also said that Pack passed it around well. Uh, Tom, did you agree about that? Do you think Pack had... I think he was our, our most uh, accurate passer, made the most passes of anyone in our team. Do you think he should get another game, game against Norwich? Um, th- there's no doubt he's the best passer in our, in our squad. Um, and like Harris said a month or so ago, didn't he? He wanted to see more of that from, from him. And he, he mm-hmm. is now. Um, like he, what was that, that ridiculously good pass he put in for Wilson in one game, wasn't it? Yeah, um, oh, like one against Birmingham, wasn't it? That had that's a lovely it. Birmingham, I couldn't think. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got that in his locker, and I think, but I think it's elsewhere. He doesn't really offer much. I mean, he's, I, I, but the problem is, he's a good passer, but we, we don't really create anything when people get the ball. 
Like Glatzel's first touch is even letting him down at the moment, which is where you expect him to be strong. He's a player bereft of confidence, and he just looks yes. like he's not. It's not that he's not there. He just looks like his confidence is on his ass. He just he's frustrated. It's, he's not confident. It's just a classic Cardiff City striker. It's four <laughs> or five games of the players not playing to his strengths, isn't it? And it's just you can't look good in a system where the players don't play to your strengths, and you can't be effective in that system. Yeah, I think. Um, the frustration thing is the thing that stood out for me. You could see after about 30 minutes, his head had gone. Do you know mm. what I mean? He was just, uh, he, he just, he knew he wasn't having a, a good day of it again. He was getting no sort of quality um, apart from bagging, putting the odd ball into the box. Um, but he's not, for six of them, six or four, isn't that strong in the air anyway. Um, and yeah, I, I just, he, he just looks like he's had enough. <laughs> like most of us fans, I think. Yeah, I think we all feel Glatzel's plain. Uh, pet, pet, plain, pain. Um, the, the last comment before we get into Neil Harris's weird post-match comments. Um, I, I, I guess the question that I would ask is: we, we are blunt, but and this comes to what Harris said in his post-match press conference. Ben, is the blame solely with Harris now, or should the bla- the players take some of that blame as well? Who sets the team up to play the way we are? I think that's the big thing for me. We've got players that can create stuff. We've got Harry Wilson, who we're paying a wedge for, who scored some and set up some ridiculous goals for Derby in the Championship, and we're not getting a song out of him. Top scorer for Bournemouth in the Premiership. I mean, how can we, if, if, if like there's not issues with the setup, I'm not saying players aren't underperforming. Wilson's definitely a player that's underperforming. But there's also issues in the way we're playing that have to be addressed by the manager before we can say, look, these players aren't exactly doing their role either. Yeah. I think Harry, if you look at Harry Wilson's stats, though, he's created quite a lot of chances. He is. He's created a lot of chances. Yeah, it's that. just we're not very good at doing anything with them. I think like we're not playing to his strengths, and I think there is a lot more that we, that could come from him because he is a quality, quality player. But we're just not giving him any sort of opportunity. And you could see he has to drop very, yeah. very deep to come and get the ball. You used to see it from Whittingham a lot when games weren't going our way, where he dropped back on almost into get that to the centre halves, basically. Yeah, take it's the like, ball qu- a quarterback. Yeah, a quarterback role, yeah, exactly. And looking to play in front of him. And Wilson's trying to do that. But then he looks up in front of him. You've got a Glatzer losing a Pudi up top because he's not getting the quality <laughs> he wins. And, and he, he, Josh Murphy's I, hiding. Josh yeah, Murphy can't be asked. Yeah, so I think... And there's no one on right wing where he should be. Yeah, and then you've got Neil Harris all the way up in the stand looking down at it. And it's just, I don't know. Oh, I'm really That's, negative again. I, this club has ruined me in the last couple of months. It's the bit I don't get with Wilson, though. Like, in interviews, he's come out, oh, so where's your preferred position? I prefer playing in a 10. Where are we sticking him? Right wing where he does nothing. This it's is a big debate that I've had with people on Twitter. It's like, where's his best position? And it's, I think it, we it's 10 as well. But we need to stick to one position and play him there. Because at the moment, it seems to be from game to game. You know, if, if for a while, if Hoylett was fit and if Murphy was fit, we'd play Hoylett and Murphy on the wings with Wilson in the middle. Otherwise, we switch Wilson to the wings. Just pick a position and just try and get him to play there. And then if Tomlin's fit, then obviously you can move Wilson to the wing because Tomlin is a bit of a creative spark. But the idea of switching him up each week is just ridiculous and it doesn't get the best out of any player. So, Neil Harris, um, you know, he's, he gave his usual David Brentisms in the post-match press conference. Um, and I think... There's, there's that one comment that stands out, and I'm going to read it out verbatim, uh, as well as online report of it. The question was four defeats in a row. Where does that leave you? Are you worried about your future? Neil Harris says, I can't control that. I'm fed up of taking questions on that. If I'm honest, I'd rather focus on my players. 
and focus on them, he does. It was a much better performance. The game we completely controlled and we should never have lost that game, but we have lost the name, so I understand that is four defeats. Nothing gets past Neil. Norwich and Brentford beat us. Wickham, we gave poor goals away. Philip Benkovic cost us two goals in that game, conceding two goals in the game we shouldn't lose. Now, you, you have to agree that Benkovic made a mistake for that first goal. That much is evident. But, Tom, he's kicking a man who's left the club. What, <laughs> what has Benkovic done to him? Benkovic really is like Belgium and he's doing that. Oh, it's, it's, it's laughable, isn't it? Like, that's just an easy target. I know, I'll blame someone who, who can't be angry with me in the changing room anymore because he's not there. I don't wanna, he doesn't want to throw anyone who's currently the end of the bus, so you'll, go, you'll have a go at Benkovic. But I'm wondering what Benkovic has done to him in training or something. Has he kicked a ball at him? Has he shit in his Hope car? So. Like, so. What, what's he done to him? But also, Ben, does this, does this set a weird precedent for Harris? You know, like, if you're, if you're a player in that dressing room now and you're looking at what Harris has just said, are you worried that he's going to start turning on more of you? Like, you're going to lose respect for him, are you? Yeah. That no matter what, it's a shithouse move. It's a player not at the club anymore, a player that's not your player anymore that you didn't really do a lot with anyway. Look, I'm not saying Benkovic was the answer to the centre-back problems because we saw when he came on, he was shite even if he wasn't Matt Sharp. Um, but to throw him under the bus like that when he's not there to defend himself is fucking pathetic. It screams it's... of a man on his last legs. That was going to be my next question. I'll come to you first, Tom. I, I've, I've, I've got two questions. A man under pressure... I, I think your answer is going to be yes. But is this a man already out the door? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to stick up for him. I, I, I'm going to give up that ghost. Now, I tried, <laughs> I really tried my best. <laughs> but Neil has made it impossible for me to do it anymore. I think, yeah, it, it just the mannerisms, the way he's answering his own questions are even more miserable than it used to be. Like, he's just done, isn't he? He's had enough. He knows nobody, nobody wants him there anymore. I think... He's, he's gone, isn't he? He's getting angry at the questions go. he asks himself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me that question, Neil. I'm sorry, Neil. I fucking didn't. <laughs> ben, is this like... I, a few weeks ago, it felt like it was inevitable that he was going to get sacked. He still hasn't been sacked. Yet, the, the mood is, you know, we only really have Twitter and the message boards to kind of compare it to at the moment because we can't go to games. Is this the most unanimous you've seen it on socials, the message boards, that uh, no one wants the manager here? I've not seen anyone any support him, and I've got quite a like. I've tried to keep it quite balanced on my sort sort of socials, like of people I follow and sort of the things I read. Of some people for a long time were defending him. I was one of them. Like I, I'm still not going to say. I want the bloke sacks. I don't. I like the bloke. I'd, I'd like for him to do well. I'd like the club to succeed. But I think everyone's under the same sort of realization that look, this this is a feeling of a bloke whose time is up, and it's just inevitable that he's going to go. And to be honest, the longer it drags out, the more damage it's going to do to the club. I think it's yeah. a decision the club have got to look at and go, look, we all know where this is heading. Let's stop drawing it out. Let's make the change now. You've got a free hit against Norwich with a caretaker that might bring some fresh eyes and gives you a week to get someone in and sort of have a proper training session, get some new ideas across. But uh, what... Go on, you carry on. I'm trying to find these weird com- other comments he said. Carry on. <laughs> Lots of weird other comments from him. <laughs> um... There's a thing that Nathan Blake put on the BBC website, which is actually a very good article um, about the culture of the club being an issue as well. Change the manager will only do so much. And he's 100% right in that. We've said for a while that the lack of football knowledge on that board is a worry. We got lucky with Warnock. Other than that, the managerial appointments from 
the sort of Vincent Tan regime have been poor. And it's something that the club really need to consider, whether it's now or in the summer, they need to look at bringing someone in well, as sort of the director of football. You know who agrees with you on that point? Only Neil Bloody Harris. God, <laughs> there's other comments in the press conference. Um, it was like the board, they asked him, the board supporting you in the window suggest they're backing you. Is that fair to say? And he went on, you know, he said, I, I understand I've built expectation because of last season. He said, people think the easiest thing to change is just the manager. Sometimes you have to look deeper within that club. The mindset, the mentality, the recruitment over a period, and then what we want to do in the future. I want better results and I want to change the mentality within the football club. And I think, Tom, you're nodding. Ben, you're, I can see that you're in agreement with that as well. Um, Tom, is, is that with Neil Harris or without Neil Harris? Is he kind of setting himself up there or is he trying to plead to the, the club that if they are going to get rid of him, they need to do something different this time? I don't think he's trying to play with the club that they should do something different next time. I don't think he gives a fuck, to be honest. But <laughs> I think he's deflecting blame a little bit, but I think he's right to do it. Like you said, mm-hmm. th- there's something wrong in that club. Like You look at the appointments we've done in the past. Like Solskjaer was brought in because it was a name that people in the club had heard of doing in the upper echelons, and, and they threw a shitload of money at it. And then the next decision that was slayed because they went, we threw a load of money at Solskjaer. Let's go down the other route let's pay someone peanuts and hope that they do a decent job. That didn't really work out. And you can see that, I don't know, they, yeah, we need, we need someone else in, in an board to help making some decisions. I think the only way we could bring back the right culture of the club really is to rebuild Ninian Park. I think that would be my <laughs> tactic. I think... Remax Sam Haman. Yeah, I think it would really bring the fans back on board um, if you re- knock those houses down and you know, bring back the, the Leckwith running track where, where it was. And I think uh, that's the only way you can do it now. Get us back into Division Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> drop down the divisions and start again. Yeah, um, Ben. The other thing he talked about in the press conference was talking about transfers. Um, we've been linked with Perry Ing. I've been told it's Perry Ing. You say it as if it's Ing without the I. Oh, I've been told um, otherwise. Yeah, I, I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But um, I could be wrong. <laughs> we, we what, what have you been be told, wrong. Ben? Have you been I, told anything about how to say his name, Steve? Steve, right? Big, Tom? Big, a big pairs. Um, uh, NG, I got told. Like, you MG, say it. Oh, like Perry NG. Yeah. Even though oh, that would seem daft. But apparently... I've got a solution for this. His nickname is Buster. Oh, there we go then. <laughs> so we'll call him Buster. Um, we've been linked with Buster, uh, a right back who clearly is a bit of a nutter, a six game ban for spitting, not phlegm, water. He's about water over another player, which is obviously even worse in COVID times. Um, and a four-game previous ban for violent conduct. Uh, captain of crew, Ben. Do you know much about him? Is this the kind of signing that excites you? He's young. He's not I, very expensive. He's apparently wholehearted in his uh, way he plays. I don't know much about him, but he sounds fucking mental. So let's get him in and let's have a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've got no shitheads in our team, have we? We've got no... The last bastard we really had was Gary Medell. No, Peltier was a bastard. I'm not really. He had his moments, but he sort of barked at his own team when he barked at anyone else. I mean, someone that proper winds someone else up. And to be fair, Medell didn't really do it for Cardiff today, thinking about it. No. I got excited I mean, about Medell two foot in plastic chairs when he got sent off, and we really didn't see that because he couldn't be asked after January. Um, who, who else is doing that? Probably the last proper head case. Bellamy. Bellamy. I'd. I don't know. Yeah, we've got we've got a couple of players now. We've got a screw loose like Morrison. Morrison. But yeah, like, but likely to shit in your doorstep. Yeah. Um, Morrison literally did shit in your yeah, doorstep. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, yeah, but best, Buster's more likely to shit in your kit bag. Yeah, Volks, I think Volks, yeah, Volks, I think he's calmed down a bit. I think the way we're playing him takes that edge away, but I think he's 
And he's just so frustrated he can't call anyone shit when we're that shit. Yeah. What, what game was it when the ball went out of play and Volk just Brentford. literally started pissed himself laughing in someone's face? Oh no, I was thinking of the Brentford game where he, he put the knee in on someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got ahead of myself. He's such a nice bloke that does so much for charity. Yeah, on the pitch he is a bit of a shit, I guess. Yeah. That's what you want. Nice bloke off the pitch. A little so, bit yeah. weird on the pitch. And Buster seems that guy. I, I, I think there is some... There's some back and forth between us and crew about the uh, the fee. I think crew uh, dismissed it as disgusting. The fee. Um, the view from the Ninian. Back to Neil Harris. Um, he also said in the press conference, "Out, uh, we've had some interest in the last 24 hours, but it will be down to where the players want to go." Um, Tom, we're facing a situation where in the summer you've got people like Bennett, Cunningham, Hoyler um, out of contract. There's people like Flint, perhaps Pack. Murphy, Glatzel, who could be moved on. Are there any players that you can see leaving in this window? If we've got some interest in them, anyone that springs to mind? I see someone like Murphy going. Um, and I, th- I think we'd let him go for quite a nominal fee, really. Like, for, we, we let Patterson go for peanuts. So I, I can see... And he was actually scoring a few goals for us. So three enough, Sheffield Wednesday as well. Yeah, I know, exactly. But... I can see someone like Murphy moving on. But there was a link. Wasn't Bamba linked to Middlesbrough? Those people on Twitter make it. Is it just people? Is it make it? Well, it, it worked. It didn't <laughs> me. Um, well done, them. Well done, them. More for uh, you. <laughs> um, I could see a, a few people going. Like, there's not many names. Apart from someone like Morrison, Nelson, and like the keepers. Is it, the, if people left, I wouldn't be surprised. There's not many players I'd go, oh, Rals? that's a shock. On Rals, yeah, sorry. But apart from that, like Pat going, he looks like he'd happily just play anywhere else. Like Flint, you could see him going, I don't know. And, and there's not many players I'd be sad to see go. No. Which is, that's, which that's, is, that's, that's the same as it, isn't it? I'd, be, I'd tell you, I'd be really sad to see Rals and Morrison go. Yeah. Everyone else is a bit. And more, but he doesn't come. Yeah, but I, I, I say, I just don't think he's going to go. No. So it won't. Um, but would you blame just, someone like Rawls or Morrison leaving? Because Morrison will always draw interest, and so would Curtis Nelson. And I, I think the B Premier League teams will be looking at us, going, "Look, they haven't got a chance of going up, and probably won't go down. Yeah, they could probably afford to sell a couple of players and risk it." I could see uh, a couple of Premier League teams coming in for our centre backs. I could see Rawls as well because Rawls is only still only twenty seven. He's Mad. got ten ten years of football underneath him, both at Premier League level and Championship level. He's been. You know, people people haven't rated him, but he's been very steady in that time, and he's a very competent midfielder. You know, if you're someone like Brighton, if you're someone like I don't know what other Premier League clubs exist, um, but you could you could you could you could tempt him away for a couple of million quid, probably, couldn't you? Well, you could you could tempt them. You could tempt our board. That's what I mean. That's the yeah. Thing. yeah, like they, they, I think they'd just be happy to take the money in this current situation. So I think that's the worrying thing over the next couple of weeks is we're already thin on the ground. I don't think we've got much ambition to push for playoffs or anything this year, you could see a big clear out and we could be left with absolutely nothing for the rest of the season. And would you, you know, at this stage in the season, you know, I think we've talked about Bennett, Cunningham, I think Hoyler are all out of contract at the end of the year along with, alongside Mark Harris. Would you rather sell those now to avoid lo- losing them out for free in the summer? It doesn't make a difference, does it? Um, I think we'll see either Cunningham or Bennett leave this window. Um, it really would surprise me if Hoyler goes to the MLS. Toronto have sniffed around, around, you know, sniffing around him for a while, so it wouldn't surprise me to see him make that move this winter. Um, but yeah, like you said, look, if other than Rolls, Morrison, and Smithies, the rest go. I'm not exactly going to be heartbroken. 
And that's a sad thing. There's a lot of players still left there from the promotion squad, which was a squad I really enjoyed and like really sort of felt a connection to. But the mm. way things have gone, there's stagnant players there that need to go. And I think it's time to sort of have that big clear out that was sort of we've been threatening to have for a few years but haven't really had. I think it's, it feels like it's the changing of the guard somewhat, doesn't it? Like you say, like I think Bamba's contract might also be up. That just occurred to me as well. So you've got Bamba's an old head. You've got people like uh, Bennett, who's a bit of an old head. Hoylett, who's been there for all the good times under Ho- uh, Warnock and things like that. But there could be five or six players leave this summer that would represent a kind of a big turnover in players who've been first team players for a long time, but also players who've been at the club for four, five or six years. Um, and uh, I guess there's, there's a question there, Tom, about whether you trust Harris with a rebuild. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't. To be fair, I, no. Like I said, I'm okay. I'm done sticking up for him. So no, All right. I don't. Yeah, actually, it's a silly question, really, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of the issue that comes with drawing out the inevitable sacking of Harris. Yeah, we're in a transfer window here where we need to make some moves to before the season becomes a total bust. Why draw it out during this time of the year when you've got a manager in that we know is not going to be here long term? You're either not going to give many money, and we're going to just finish 15th 16th in the league which is looking very likely or you get rid of him now and give the manager the new manager some funds and say look this is the scouting list because there's no doubt like a manager's going to be eyeing up players sort of know the sort of player he wants to bring in to his next club anyway Christ how long did Warnock have Hoyler and Bamber on the strings for without a club for before he came to Cardiff yeah. Yeah. every manager does it. every manager knows who they want they've got their favourites or you do the old Malky Mackay and just leave Watford and bring all the players you're going to sign for Watford to Cardiff. Bring, yeah, to bring your scouting <laughs> list. And then when they bomb, such as Etienne Velikonia, claim that you never wanted to sign him anyway. I don't think he wanted to sign Velikonia, did he? Did. He's been, he, was on, he was on Watford's list. Was he? Yeah. Wow. See, I heard he just appeared one day at training and Tan was like, there's a striker for you. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Let's get Malky on the pod. Um let, let's try and end this segment with oh, some positivity. You sent me a text, oh, but I don't think that was me- meant for me. Oh, was it about some falsies? Some falsies, yeah. Uh, it's one of my favourite <laughs> horrible tweets, but um, <laughs> the idea of it just... No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not Another bounce on her falsies. Oh, it's horrible. Fucking grim, in it? Um, the harsh anyway. Glasgow accent as well. <laughs> anyway, leaving Malky Mackay's sexism in the past, um, he's talked about bringing some players in, talked about a new centre-back and a new striker. Um, Tom, have you, apart from Jeff Cott at Plymouth, because he's Welsh, um, has anyone else <laughs> come to mind in the last week or so that you'd like to sign? Nah, I'm running out of Welsh people to suggest, to be honest. The Chad Evans bloke has gone somewhere else, hasn't he? So Sign for Preston. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a horrible signing, isn't it? But um, I, d- I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, we, we do need another centre-back in. And like I said, that Howard Bellis, like a young stellar that from like Man City might be worth a go. Just mm-hmm. to give, you know, where we don't have to commit financially to them in a season where we're probably going to get nothing from it. Um, but apart from that, well, see the amount of ex Cardiff players who scored this weekend. Is there yeah, any of them you bring I, back? Or? I bring back Gary Medin just because he's so handsome. Oh, you do a job now. <laughs> you do a very good job. But I, I, uh, let, me, let me find the list. Ben, is there anyone that you'd like us to sign? Um, not really. This, it's just whoever we can get in at this stage, isn't it? There's no real, you don't know what the board's looking at. And sort of money-wise, how much have we actually got? There's, that's the other thing: no communication with the board. We've got no idea what the expectations need to be this January. Harris isn't giving much away. He doesn't. He's not exactly. He's saying we haven't got much money, but then we're putting bids in for players. How much have we got? Is it realistically how many we're we looking at? It's just 
I reckon we've got nineteen pounds eighty, and we owe ten quid to that to the kit man for petrol <laughs> and bibs. <laughs> so the, the Cardiff, the Cardiff players who scored this weekend: Gary Medine, Kenneth Sahor, Cameron Jerome, three strikers. Callum Patterson, another striker. Joe Dacob- Jacobson, Bobby Declan-Overreed, another striker. Semi Ajay, Wayne Routledge, and Joe Day. So that was an own goal. And <laughs> bring, it wasn't... Bring it back. Bring it back. I mean, I mean to be fair, Kenza Hall did score against um, Borehamwood. Um, I think Semi Ajay scored against Blackpool. But Gary Medine scored against West Brom. So um, he scored against Semi Ajay. So they cancelled each other out to some extent. Cameron Jerome got a goal against Burnley, and he's what he's up there as the top scorer in League One. Um, so, I would you bring Cameron Jerome back, Tom? No, um, <laughs> I like the thought of it, but no, um, I don't know. Is Joe Mason like, still at MK Dons? He is. He scored a penalty in a penalty shootout. He did. Yeah. Oh, bring, I love. I love Joe Mason. Too. Oh, he just never hit the heights we wanted him to. No, he? But, he no. kind of threatened. But like, I think like when you ask like who should we sign, I've just got that general can't be asked to even look into it at the moment because <laughs> this season's just like uh, that's why I was so excited about this cup game in a weird way. I felt like this is the one chance now where we can you know have a shot at something. It feels like a year where you'd have an opportunity. You know, there's like you look at Leeds and stuff dropping out today, and you think yeah. it only takes a couple. Of, like, it's a horrible way of doing it. A couple of COVID cases in a big club, and it could go on a, on, on a bit of a run. And it felt like a re- real missed opportunity against a shit side. But now that's gone. My kind of excitement for the season is massively dipped. So I, I don't know who we we should sign. And to be honest with you, I don't care. Okay, well, I mean, we can talk about <laughs> Norwich next, which is next week's game. But, guys, I'm sparing you from talking about the football because we know we're going to lose. So I've just got some questions about Norwich for you, Ben. Um, do you like Coleman's mustard? Not really. It's a bit Tory, isn't it? Is it a bit Tory? It gets a few nose as well. It just seems a bit... I don't know. Just all the it feels like I worked at a golf club right for years, and all the people that would like always, oh, have you got any mustard? And then we'll complain if it wasn't Coleman's. Tend to be really oh, okay. dickheads. So I sort of got a prejudice against it for that. It's not Norwich's fault. It's just their fault. It does feel like that they would, you know, you'd find out in their accounting that they'd given a hundred grand to the Tory party at some point because Def- they, and, they then, and then there's cut. like a mustard provision in the next tax bill, ten p off all mustard pots. The they they stood outside and clapped for Boris. That's all I'm saying. I didn't clap for Boris. I clapped for the key workers. Um, Tom, this one's for you. Does Daniel Fark just look like an older German me? Um, I don't think he looks older um, to start oh, with. Uh, <laughs> he looks like a, a more well-manicured version of you. Who's had less of a tough time? I don't look that old. <laughs> I'm joking. No, he does. There is a resemblance, actually. It's the hair, isn't it? It's pretty much the hair. If, give him a moustache. And a podcast, and you know, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'd love to listen to a Daniel Farker podcast. Yeah, he's got a funny voice, isn't he? Yeah, that's why it's amazing. His it voice does not suit. He looks like quite yeah. a hench, sort of rip bloke, and then you hear him. He talks like the pigs from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like Kermit the Frog. Um, ben, this one's for you, and then the last one's not really a, a, a question. It's more of a statement. Has Delia Smith's status as a TV cook been overtaken by her status as a Norwich chairperson? What do you associate Delia? I, you know, growing up, my parents had associated Delia Smith with being a TV chef. We always had a cookbooks at home. But now it seems like she's left that behind. She's been taken over by Jamie Oliver's and Tom Kerridge's of this world. And she's more known for her Norwich stuff, right? You think, of Delia, whenever you hear the name Delia Smith, there's only one thing that pops your head in it. 
And Go it on, is. You can do, do it. Where are you? Absolutely shit faced, and someone gave her a microphone. Whoever my favorite, did that is a my hero. Fav- my favorite moment of that is is the build up to it. Is where she says, "This is a message to the best fuzz fuzz ball supporters in the world," <laughs> and she says over her words so badly. Um, yeah, Tom, do you agree with that? Do you think she's more known for being a Norwich chairperson than a TV cook? Yeah, I think her causing a national shortage of cranberries in the nineties as well in the past now. Yeah, because I think it is all to do with uh, Norwich exploits, which is a pity, really. She, I think she, she what national shortage of cranberries. Yeah, so, so she did like a recipe with cranberries in it, and like with when people started making bread during lockdown, um, just started selling out of cranberries everywhere. Apparently, is this like the nineties yeah. version of when um, Nigella Lawson started doing roast potatoes and goose fat? Yeah, yes, it's essentially. The, so like she, she, she was that like. She was that much of the zeitgeist because she was like the first TV chef, essentially, I think, or the first really popular TV chef. I think Keith Floyd started the kind of practice. But and when, whenever she did something that was new or exciting, it would just sell out in the stores. What are you laughing at, Tom? I just had the turn that this pod has taken. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's the most interesting things we've talked about in weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, shit, how shit is Cardiff going at the moment when we're talking about <laughs> TV chefs? Uh, I mean... While we're here, boys, who's your favourite TV chef, Ben? I like the hairy bikers. Seem like nice guys, don't they? Hairy bikers are good, Tom. <laughs> I, I, it's got to be Nigella Lawson. She says microwave. What the hell is that about? <laughs> that was just like the best in-joke ever, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like She's just taking the piss out of herself, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, she's class, and she's fit. <laughs> just she's 60. 60. Yeah, I know. Fuck 60. me. But, well, I wish. Yeah. Uh, um, and and the last the last thing about Norwich um, is that Tim Westwood is from forty five minutes down the road in Lowestoft, which is actually closer to Norwich than it is Ipswich, despite being in the same county, Suffolk as Ipswich. Um, if you boys are interested, uh, Tim Westwood is older than Nigel Farage. Oh wow. yeah, but yeah, he needs to give up, doesn't he, Tim Westwood? No, he's carry on. No. <laughs> Do you see that um, he has like something like a hundred different versions of the same purple polo shirt and just yeah. bins it after one way doesn't he yeah um my i can tell you my favorite tim westwood story right now is that when he had a snapchat once he took a photo of his private credit card his hsbc black credit card his debit card and another card went to send it to whatever piece he was seeing at the time was like buy yourself a bag get yourself a wax it's private banking so don't worry about the cost but accidentally posted it on the snapchat story <laughs> yes <laughs> And his, and his credit card got um, closed within about 15 minutes because <laughs> people were fortunately doing it. Never mind the buzzcocks years ago, Amy Winehouse was on there and she just spread loads of rumours about Westwood. She was off her face at this stage and it was sad to see, but she did mention that apparently Westwood would call his missus when he was 10 minutes away from home and tell her that when he walked through the door, she had to play a song and he'd walk through the door and it'd say, Big Dog's in the house. Yeah. That's, I, and I like, like that. Yeah, I, I love that. It's your boy Westwood. If you're in your car, honk your horn. Um, so that's the Norwich preview. Tom, what's the score? Yeah, we've lost 3-0. Thank you. Uh, moving on to the Twitter questions now. Um, we only had one because someone else tweeted something more exciting on the Twitter feed. Um, Reese Jones, what past City player would you love to have in the squad right now? Good pod, lads. Thanks, Reese. And then Paul Brinkworth replied to him and said, can't do one, too hard. Dwyer, Kavanagh and Bellamy to kick ass on and off the pitch. Right, we, get, we can get one... This could be like a, a bit of a question. We get one past City player each to put in this team. Who are you going for? I'm going to come to you first, Tom. Do they, can they be 
dead. That sounded sinister. Do they have to be still alive now? Like, can they no, be from the sixties? So. They're not. I'm not going to pick someone from the sixties anyway. Um, I'd like to see Bellamy back now as a player manager. I reckon he could, you know, him like towards the end of his career where he was still good, mm-hmm. but doing the managerial side of it as well. That's that's what I'm going to say. Saw everything out in one go. Manager and playing. Bellamy for you, Ben. Uh, Ken McNaughton, because we need a right back. That's a sensible answer. Very sensible. I'm going to go... To be honest, even now I take him. Pissed pissed Instagram Kev, I take. (laughs) All right, let's let's see if he'll come and play for us on a non-contract basis. Um, I'm going to go with Peter Thorne, just because he was lovely. Um, Scored 10, 15 goals a season. Um, had an amazing hang time when he was in the air um, and was just a handsome bloke so I got Peter Thorne back in oh, I've changed my mind actually can we just alright let's go around again yeah okay. <laughs> All right, yeah kind of like Prime Ernie Prime Ernie in yeah. this team oh no we'd waste him wouldn't we oh Harry Wilson and Ernie could link up I think that could work same size as well yeah yeah I'm sure they'd get along yeah but Ben have you got a second player you want to add in <laughs> <laughs> um, Philip Kiss. Oh, he loved, loved the tackle. See just, just, yeah. Yeah, just be a laugh, wouldn't it? Shit house. Um, I'm gonna put Danny Gabadon in there because he was a lovely defender and very quick. First gonna... time, not second time. I'm guessing both times, just because he's hey, lovely. He's, he did the all right job, manager wise. Yeah, him and Scott Good. Young. Yeah, isn't it a one one all draw with Blackpool and a three nil loss to Bournemouth? Yeah, no, I mean they, they were in charge of the derby game as well, which we drew two all, didn't we? Away. I think that yeah, I think they had an all right record, didn't they? Peter no, they had, they had the Bournemouth game that was like have you, that what was who who was we had to make two changes after like thirty minutes. I'm sure that was like oh, yeah. Kimbo and Javi Guerra's last games for the club. I did the math. <laughs> Javi Guerra's first first yeah. and last game. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he was a waste of space, wasn't he? Fourth match, Cardiff City caretakers take charge of fourth match. Um, live, we're looking into this. This is live, guys, from 2014. <laughs> this, is, this is groundbreaking. Um, last Thursday, and watched the impressive 2-1 two, two, win. doesn't actually say in this article what games they were in charge of. Um, <laughs> what an absolutely terrible article. Can you just go to the Cardiff Wikipedia page and see managers list? Could do that, but I wouldn't do that now because there's a quiz coming up. Ah, uh, right, okay, yeah. I don't want to spoil it for myself. You don't want to spoil the quiz. Um, no. Let's see. I'll have a look at the Cardiff City managers list um, and then we'll get into the quiz. So, boys, are you ready for another another self-styled Ben James quiz? Uh, yes. So, I'm they were charged for f- five games. Won one, drew two, lost two. Okay, that, yeah, that's a bit shit, yeah. Sorry, I'll take you back. Ben, are you ready for the quiz? Sorry, I was trying to work out. It was Sheff- they won at Sheffield Wednesday. Great result. Drew with Brighton, lost to Blackpool. They were in charge of Derby as well. Yeah, that's the game I remember. Two all, yeah, two all draw with Derby was the first game. 2-1 winning at Sheffield Wednesday, one all draw with Brighton, and then a 1-0 win, a 1-0 loss to Blackpool. And this was at a time where Blackpool had six play- like started the season like six players. Remember <laughs> Matt Phillips used to play for Blackpool and was now at West Brom, I think. Permanent link of us. Yeah, permanently linked with us, the winger. How old do you think he is? Bearing in mind, he's been playing for years. How old do you think he is now? 34. Ben's yeah. guess 34. I would have said the same. Yeah, 33, 34, yeah. 29. That's insane. Yeah. 
Like I remember time, him being linked. That's a quiz question. Time is a flat circle. Because yeah, because he was he was linked to us at my first year of uni. So I remember getting excited that if I got Phillips yeah. on the back of my shirt, it would make sense. <laughs> yeah, never signed for us. Twenty nine, and yeah. he's still playing. That's Good for him. Good for him. Right, ready for this quiz? It's basically about Cardiff City's international footballers. Um, six questions with a tie break. Um, some of these questions are very hard. Some of them are quite easy. So we'll see how we go. Um, should just be a point for each. So we'll start with question one. Who was Cardiff City's first international player to represent a nation from outside the British Isles? Oh, I can see. Look at their, look at their faces. Fuck, I don't know. Cardiff City's first international player to represent a nation from outside the British Isles. And we've, there's some options in there. Yeah, that's fine. And write something down before we move on to question two. Miguel Cominguez or Miguel Comage, depending on how you said it, represented which international team? Miguel Comage or Miguel Cominguez? Cominguez represented, <laughs> represented which international side? <laughs> oh, that's tickled me, sorry. Uh, question three. Tom Farquharson, an FA Cup and Charity Shield winner with Cardiff in 1927, is Cardiff's only player to have represented two international sides. Which ones did he represent? Tom Farquharson, an FA Cup and Charity Shield winner with Cardiff and an FA Cup finalist in 1925, is Cardiff's only player to have represented which two international sides? Or represented two national sides, name them. Question. Chris Gunter became the youngest Cardiff City player to win an international cap, but how old was he when he was first capped for Wales? How old was Chris Gunter when he became Cardiff's uh, youngest ever international cap winner? Question five. Which Cardiff, Cardiff City player surpassed Alf Shearwood in 2016 to become Cardiff's most capped international player? Which Cardiff player, obviously. Go on, you ask a question there, Tom? I'll say the question again, sorry. I think I'm... So in 2016... A Cardiff player surpassed Alf Sherwood to become Cardiff's most capped international player. So they were they, they at the, the most ca- time. Say that again, Ben. Were they at the club at the time, or yeah? They, so this is all to do with players who were playing for the club and winning international cap. So at the time he was playing for Cardiff, yeah, and he became Cardiff's most capped international player. Who was he? It's not that difficult. I'm being thick, but yeah. What what year? Sorry, 2016. Ah, yeah, okay, okay. And question six: Which Cardiff player has scored more international goals than anyone else? 
any other Cardiff player. Which and at the time, obviously, he's he, he's probably not still he's not still playing for us. Which Cardiff player? Which Cardiff player who's been capped internationally has scored more international goals than anyone else? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. Write something down, Tom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Answers, and then we've got a tiebreak question. Should we? Should we be equal? Uh, need it. First question: Who was Cardiff's first international player to represent the nation from outside the British Isles? Tom. Oh, Inamoto. Not far off. Ben. That's what I went for. Tony Vidmar. Oh, I love Tony Vidmar. In 2003, he signed for us, and I think he was involved in the in, in the Australia squad that first season. Oh, when was Inamoto then? Inamoto oh. was a couple of seasons. Oh, well, the season later, wasn't it? 2005. I'll do that. I'm annoyed. Uh, question two, Miguel Camarge, uh, representing which international side, Ben? I put uh, Bienin or Benin, whichever one Rudy Gasteyer played for, because literally every random player ends up playing for them. You're wrong. Tom? Guadalupe. 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 <laughs> Tom Farquharson represented, uh, is the only kind of player to have represented two international sides. Which ones, Tom? Ireland and Northern Ireland. You get a point for that, Ben. I've got Ireland and Republic of Ireland. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, hey, let's get into an IRA debate while we're here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he represented Ireland and at the time, Ireland Free State. And one of them was essentially, a, one of them became Northern Ireland. Well, Northern Ireland was Ireland at the time. And then Free State Ireland became the Republic of Ireland. I'll take that. We'll take that. Um, fun fact about Tom Farquharson, uh, he used to carry a gun in his kit bag because of his involvement with the IRA and he was for his own protection. Fucking hell. Who are I, 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 am, I am going to read more about him later on. <laughs> He's quite interesting. He played for Cardiff for about 10 seasons and he was with us all the way from the first division down to the third division. Um, he wasn't very good then. Well, he was in, <laughs> in goal for us in the FA Cup. In two FA Cup finals, so... Seemed like an, an all right player. But it's quite interesting, yeah. So I think originally Ireland re- would pick players from all over the nation, while Free State then only picked from below the Northern Irish kind of borders. Um, and and, and it's, it, over time, they became Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland. It's nice to see that tradition of like Ireland picking players from whatever carried on until <laughs> the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it... it, it I think they didn't adopt the Northern Ireland name until the 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 fifties or the originally the fifties, but until the seventies when they're on the international stage. It's it's an interesting read. I I was going to read up more about it afterwards. Number four, Chris Gunter. How old was he when he was capped for the first time, um, becoming the youngest kind of city international cap ever? Ben, I got eighteen. Tom, oh, I went seventeen. Both wrong. It's sixteen. Was he? Was he? Yeah. It says that on Wikipedia, lads. Must be true. Question five. Well, Wikipedia is very well edited. Uh, question five, um, the confusing question. Which Cardiff player surpassed Alf Shearwood in 2016 to become Cardiff's most capped international player? Tom? Gunnison. Ben? I got David Marshall, but I think Tom's right. Aaron Gunnison, indeed. That took me a while to get my head around that. <laughs> yeah, I tried to phrase it in the best way possible, but it's, it's difficult because not I'm not on you, mate. Over. It was on me, Dory. <laughs> Uh, question six, final question. And which Cardiff player has scored more international goals than any other Cardiff international player, Tom? I put Earnshaw. Ben? Bellamy. 
Kenwin Jones. Oh, good. Kenwin Jones. Uh, total up your scores, and then there's a, we can do the tie break if you want. Because I'm question three is that one or two points? One. Well, you both got it right, so just give yourself one point. So right. then you're, you're going to be equal. Cool. Uh, Tom, how many did you get? Three. Ben. One. Oh, three. That's one. why I was asking if it was one or two points because it was important to my score. <laughs> um, well, even if yeah, well, three, one, or four, two. Four, yeah, two. Score it four, higher, two. Like. <laughs> um, tie break question. I'll just do it anyway because I've written it. In total, how many Cardiff players have won at least one senior international cap while playing for Cardiff City? And how many nations have they represented? Um, I'll let you get within two for each. So how, I want to know how many players playing for Cardiff have won an international cap and how many nations are represented within that number? Five, four, three, two, one. Ben, how many nations? Seven. How many nations? Sorry. How, uh, many, how many caps and how many nations? Uh, 72 people and 20, ca- uh, 20 nations. I've gone okay. 95, 25. Tom's closest on both counts. So in total, 123 players have won international caps while playing for Cardiff. And they have represented 25 nations. Oh, they play, Tom. So pretty close. So Tom, you, you'd have won a tie break. Well done. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, and that's another view from Ninian quiz. And now to round off is everyone's favourite view from Ninian Hall of Fame. Ben, talk us through the results last time. It was a shock, wasn't it? Well, I think we've probably had the most like life-changing, shocking results of the Hall of Fame in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mm-hmm. time last week, we were all pretty confident that you had shithoused us and sort of gone big for a guaranteed win. Yeah. The public... Played saw, myself though, didn't they, I? Yeah, the public saw through what you were doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they took it on themselves to bring a man that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame into the Hall of Fame. So, in a shock result, uh, Die, Hat, Die Hunt's Christmas hat is in the first entrant in the 2021 Hall of Fame. Die Hat's Christmas Hunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a long day. All right, <laughs> look. I'm, you know, I, I thought I was, I was going big and I thought I was going to win. But if anyone's going to beat it, I'm glad it's Die Hunt. Uh, he's a, he's like a kind of legend. Go on. I feel like should cut to the Kent Brockman Simpsons thing. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Democracy just doesn't work. But I think it does work in this case because the people got what they wanted. Um, and, we, we, you know, it doesn't involve us leaving the EU or anything like that. No. So um, I, I'm delighted that Die Hunt's taking his rightful place in the VFTN HOF. So congrats, Ben, and congrats, Di. What's that? Is that four wins for you now, Ben? Yeah, I think I'm... About, I think six, Tom's on six, four, five. Four? five. Yeah. Whereas Tom on five. I think Tom's on five, isn't he? So it's close now. It's getting closer. Um, and we go around into this week's week. Ben, because you won first, uh, you get to go first. Um, I'm going for something that's quite topical. Based on Neil Harris's miserable bastard comments... I've looked back at, let's face it, everyone's favourite times at Cardiff fan in recent years and the most enjoyable press conferences to read. Um, I'm going for Dave Jones just being a right miserable shit to the press. I hope, you had a sh- I hope you have a shit journey home, him and his war with Steve Tucker, and just being a miserable bastard, despite literally every player we've had an interview, whether it's on the website, sort of a plug here for Scott's good interview with uh, Craig Bellamy that's being released at the moment, 
from Bothroyd to uh, McNaughton, all the way through, they've all said Dave wasn't as miserable in real life as he seemed on the outside. But to the press, what a miserable shit, and it was fantastic. So Dave Jones being a miserable shit is my nomination for the Hall of Fame. It's a good entry. It's a good entry. Tom, you're next. I've gone a bit weird with mine, just because... I want to challenge myself, you know. I thought winning was too easy early on in this. Um, so I'm going to take you back to October 2010 um, for, when, for when we beat Leeds United 4-0 at Elland Road. I remember watching it with my pop and crisps in the Mansell Arms in, in Carmarthen. And, but I'm, going to, I'm going for Lee Naylor's goal, the, the fourth goal, which when watching back was not as good as I remembered it, but I'm going with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the staff had kicked in with that one big time. But um, I really didn't like Lee Naylor. And I, I feel like Cardiff fans just didn't really take to him that much. But I thought, no. you know, and that goal really rounded off a fantastic performance away at Leeds. And I thought, you know, he was a bit of an arsehole, but that was the one really good thing he did for us. So I thought, yeah, let's, let's, let's challenge Cardiff fans to see if they vote for it. Put their opinions aside on Lee Naylor himself and put the... The, the long long range goal against Leeds in the in the Hall of Fame. Was that the I game didn't... that spawned shoes off if you love Cardiff? Yes. Yeah, the very game. Why didn't we take to Lee Naylor? Because he was just a bit of a uh, he was a bit of an ass as well. He was, he was like, yeah. Yeah. I can't get remember. Him. I just, just I get him on. Being... <laughs> yeah. Get him on. Get him on the pod. Uh, and then to round it off, I've gone with Aaron Ramsey coming back on loan in two thousand eleven. Um don't shrug your shoulders at me, Phillips. Um, I just couldn't think of one today and I read that he came back on loan uh, nine years ago. Um, obviously, he he was coming back from his injury. Um, Arsenal had already loaned him out once that season to Nottingham Forest and then all of a sudden it became a possibility that he was coming back to Cardiff. I think he only came back for a month in the end. Yeah, a month, um, month on loan, but obviously led to that fantastic assist for Bellamy in the uh, 1-0 win at the Liberty um, in, in the derby. Um, and it was just lovely to see Aaron Ramsey back. He's probably the best player we've produced from our academy. Um, sorry Byron Anthony it's just the way it is um, and I think it, just to have him back for that month was an absolute joy and it also you know I thought it was going to be the, the thing that spurred us on to, to promotion it didn't but at least he had Aaron Ramsey back for a month so I would vote that loan spell into the VFTN HOF Nice I've got Aaron and that's Ramsey. it fucking hell what it's just big isn't it picking it's one of our it's not that like... big he was here for a month He's a global superstar, man. So I've got for Lee Naylor. He's, he's hoping that Juventus <laughs> Twitter picks up on it, isn't he? That's what he's hoping for. <laughs> Imagine. Six <laughs> oh. thousand votes for Aaron Ramsey. What the it's fuck? All for, it's all for the pod, boys. It's all for the pod. Uh, um, so, yeah, as usual, the vote will be going up when, Ben? Well, um, it was supposed to go up last Wednesday, last week's, but the world sort of went to shit a bit, didn't it? It all went a bit mental, so I thought, you know what, I'll leave it a day. And everything was fine, so I sent it out then. So it'll be probably be Wednesday unless Donald Trump attempts another military coup. Fingers crossed he doesn't. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I think while we're here, <laughs> a View from Ninian condemns the scenes that we saw in the US Capitol um, last Wednesday. Um, I just think that the world needs to come to a, a better way of dealing with these kind of things. Um, and goading the mob isn't one of them. So I'd just like to put that on record for anyone who's listening. If anyone had any doubt, we do condemn fascism. But... <laughs> Big topic. To some, some big topics this week, guys. <laughs> um, Did anyone right, think uh, that that was an Everton badge on the shield, though? 
Yeah, the one guy, it looked like an Evton bat. It looked like an Everton bat. And the guy with the real Betis tattoo on his neck as well was surprising. Wow. Well, that's a, some questions for Real Betis there. Um, <laughs> luckily, we're not a Real Betis pod. Uh, we don't have to answer to the, the Real Betis board. Um, but they can give us Victor Camarasa back anytime they want. Oh, please, please, Victor, come home. Um, and that's it for another week of View from Ninian. If you have enjoyed the podcast, you should always check out our website, viewfromninian.com. Groundbreaking stuff with Craig Bellamy on there at the moment. Um, Scott Johnson's done a brilliant job with it. Um, and there's a lot more coming, as I understand it, this week. If you like what we do, Go to Kofi, that's ko-fi.com slash vftninian. Um, you can support us there with a, a nice little bit of money if you want. We like money. Um, ben, what would you spend your Kofi proceeds on? More football shirts? Meth, I think. Meth? <laughs> Tom? <laughs> to be honest, I need to lose weight. And this, like, I see, you never see a fat smackhead. So I'm thinking something along those lines. <laughs> Ellipse? Probably a football shirt. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing as bold as meth. Um, <laughs> probably an old football shirt, yeah. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Yeah, so that's ko-fi.com slash vftninian. Um, any money there can either go to Ben's meth ha- habit or we can go to rehab when that habit becomes a bit too much. So um, please uh, carry on subscribing to the podcast and give us some money there. Uh, but until next week and another loss, Ben, see you later. All the best. Tom, bye. See you. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. And